Hello, happy Tuesday. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. And welcome back to the Awkward Mom Podcast. It's a long day. It's already, it's only Tuesday and I'm already tired. I dealt with the doozies of all temper tantrums. I guess I'll just say three Hello Marys and four Hello Dollies and I'll get through it. Today we're talking about the Joker. That's sexy, right? That's the new happening thing. But um, how the Joker's uh, subject matter actually kind of relates to real life. And the takeaways that I got from the movie, as well as some statistics and examples of some similar scenarios from a young man here in from Palatine, Illinois. Stay tuned. Okay, so this is probably going to be an extra special, noisy um, interview. Well, it's not an interview, um, podcast episode. So let me say, before I say anything further, number one, can you spot the Eddie Izzard joke that I said before? Come on. Declan, how dare I start this episode without him? He is offended. Um... So I love him and I'd like to see him in concert. So if anybody wants to take me to see Eddie Izzard, I would not be mad at you. But secondly, and most importantly, I am going to spoil Joker for you. If you listen to this podcast, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you stop listening and go see that movie because it was fantastic. I saw it on Friday of last week. And with a wonderful friend. And uh, yeah, so shout out to Birdo. Thanks for the hookups. And um, yeah, this movie was awesome. Like, I was not disappointed at all. My husband and I have different tastes in movies, for sure. Which I like that, because I don't think we should have the same opinions. Because he knows a lot about movies, and I know, I guess, a lot about what I like in movies. And um, I like seeing his view on things. He thought this movie was going to be boring. And I just could not. I'm like, yeah, no, I can't. uh, I can't agree with that. Mostly because, well, okay, I will say this. If you're looking for an action-packed thriller, this isn't the movie. I mean, it's, it is surprising. Um, I did feel, I guess it's kind of suspenseful, but in a different way. So if you're looking for a shoot 'em up um, movie with explosions and all that, that is not this. And I know um, the deaths in the movie were quite controversial. Controversial. Um, to me, in my opinion, there weren't that many deaths, but the deaths that were in it were 
intense. And it was not so much of the gore, but it was um, it was that plus just the background of Arthur and just how he was pushed to this point and the things surrounding why he was brought to the point of hurting these people that made it so ominous and dark and disturbing. So I think that was that was um, disturbing to me. More That was more disturbing than the blood. It was just kind of him being pushed towards hurting other people. And I definitely believe that people are pushed um, towards these, these um, types of acts of violence. And you know what? I... I'm not saying any of anybody's innocent of anything. I'm not taking anybody, you know, there's been a lot of crazy mass shootings and there's something in here I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Um, and I know that, um, it in no way does it make them innocent, but it's just, I think the Joker movie really brings back the conversation of mental health and had Arthur or any real people have had adequate mental health care, would these things have been taken as far as as far as they had? I don't know. That's something that's a debate that's way over my head. I don't think it's totally meant for I don't know. It's just such a terrible, terrible thing to talk about. So it's hard for me. So you'll have to apologize. Or I have to apologize. Um, but the fact that it's got us talking about mental health. Um, so Arthur um, is seen in the movie at one point talking to his therapist. And um, he's already expressing, you know, you're not listening to me at certain points. And you can tell at least from my perspective, that the lady, you know, you get this feeling, uh, I got this feeling of he's, she's the, he is the millionth person that she's seen. A lot of these places seem to be underfunded and exhausted and the employees are exhausted. And, you know, I don't know how much these therapists make, but I know, um, that in some cases they're underpaid and um, can we also talk about these therapists getting therapy? Like I've talked to, I'm also a hairstylist. I've talked to therapists that come in and sit down and I'm like, how do you unwind? Because you like one was like one came in and she's a, you know, a children's um, counselor for broken families and she has to hear some horrible things. Um, she has to hear some horrible things and witness some things that I don't think I would have the courage for. So just the fact that, you know, there's these allies that, you know, have to be mentally strong enough for the weight of others. Mental instability is beyond me. So I definitely feel for these clinics and um, these state-funded uh, mental health programs that 
you know, I, and just regular therapists too, private and private therapy. Like it's a lot to listen to some, to repeated personal stuff and um, not take that home with you or finding a way that you can detach from, from constant trauma like that. So in this movie, you know, Arthur was, his min, his resources were minimal at best. You know, you kind of get the idea that he's on medication and, um, and he's in the, the therapy, which you kind of gather is like one of these state funded institutions in an outpatient thing. And, and, um, you know, after a while, closer towards the end of the movie, he completely runs out of his medicine. And that, I know, is a real thing. Um, and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure if it's because... Well, I know it's definitely a monetary issue. I know people, low-income families or low-income earners, people who depend on state resources for their medication and therapy, their benefits run out. So they have to kind of scrape by on what little medication that they have until they can see their therapist or caseworker again to get another refill. I know my brother had um, gone to um, the Ecker Center and kind of from him, but other people have kind of told me how hard it was for them to get in and be seen. And I remember one specific person actually trying to call in to the office for an appointment and that phone rang and rang and rang and they could not get something in. So they would have to physically drive over there and get an appointment. Now, this is fine if you have reliable transportation, if all your limbs are working, if you are not handicapped, you know, but if you are immobile or if you have a handicap and you can't just hop in your car and drive over drive over to the center and make an appointment or see a see a a personal therapist, which oftentimes are booked, you know, there's been times where I've had to be on um state insurance when I was pregnant with my two oldest kids and I remember going to clinics and because we didn't have the money to go to go we didn't have the money to have to go to a doctor or the ob that I did have which was a private one didn't accept Medicaid anymore so that's like oh well see ya go find a clinic to go to okay and sometimes you'd be waiting three or four hours two or three hours I'm exaggerating you'd still be waiting a long time to go to see a doctor for your for your appointment or I'd show up and they'd be like, oh, you know what? Your appointment was canceled. Well, what do you mean it was canceled? You didn't notify me about it. And so you've wasted a trip up there. Maybe some people have to take a day off of work to go and get therapy or to get help and they find out they can't get in there. And if it's a mental health emergency, time is of the essence. So, two things have happened locally that I can talk about. And actually, one I got an update today because I talked to my dad. And I didn't see the update on this one here. In the, in, like, I'd have to reread it. So, if I need to update, I can do that on next episode. 
But Amida St. Joseph Hospital, which is here in Elgin, decided to close their mental health program, their sixth floor. And um, Sarah, I'm going to butcher her name. I am so sorry, girl. Ponitz, maybe, P-O-N-I-T-Z, director of Pads of Elgin. Okay, Pads of Elgin, I've done haircuts up there. It's pretty much for people to go to sleep for the night. So you come in, you roll out your pad, the mat, right? And then you sleep there. And then you roll your stuff back up and you have to get out. And you have to do, find a job or, or just, you just can't stay there all day. So they might do something for like extreme heat or extreme cold. That would probably be the obvious exception. But it's just a sleeping resource for the homeless. So... She claimed that she was not even notified that this was happening. They kind of just, I don't know if they called her. And this is coming from a, I think, Chicago Tribune uh, article. So I don't have all the details. This is just what it was paraphrasing what it was saying. But it was pretty much like, oh, by the way, we're closing. And she's like, what? Yeah, so she was surprised as there was not a hint there was no hint of the closure. So what they've decided to do was send people to, from here, to Aurora for the next closest mental health treatment facility, short of the state hospital, which I don't even know how that works. So if we're talking about going to Aurora, so to give people who don't live in Illinois or who do and aren't from around here an idea. So Elgin to Aurora is at least 45 minutes, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And that is not by public transportation. Because if you're coming from Pads of Elgin, you obviously probably don't have a car. So that means you have to catch a bus or a cab all the way from Elgin, all the way to Aurora to seek some mental help if you're having a problem. So that's intense. I think I saw, yes, right here, 20% of the PADS people need mental health resources. So 20% of the people there need this floor to stay open. That was crazy. Like, that's like crazy. So these, these 20% of these people have to figure out now a new place to go. I saw that there's some place in, I think, Hoffman Estates, which I believe will take the the elderly people who need mental health help. And then there might be somewhere else in Mount Prospect, which is also very far. It would probably be the same distance from here to Mount Prospect as from here to Aurora. So to show you that the Joker movie, even though... We're in mythical Gotham City. There are real problems happening that are very similar to what is actually going on here. I spoke to my dad earlier today, and he actually told me that Amita has retracted that statement and they're going to keep it open. I hope this is true because their decision to close the the to finally close would be December 31st. So we're talking winter in Chicago. They have somebody, 
without reliable transportation will have to figure out a way to get from here to Aurora in the in a Chicago winter. And that's crazy because definitely January, Chicago starts to suck a little bit. And um, so it's surprising. Um, I hope they did take back the statement of, I hope they did um, retract it. I hope they do keep it open because it would be different if it wasn't such a haul to the next facility. But since it is and people can't get around, might not be able to get around, um, you know, it's just not not a question for some people. So another thing I want to talk about, and a lot of people might have heard about this. And um, it's pretty sad because I can totally see I can totally see how okay so from Elgin Schaumburg where Woodfield Mall is I'm sure you've heard about the man driving through Woodfield Mall in an SUV he busted through the Sears entrance and he drove around thankfully not killing or hurting anybody and um, he actually has, I believe, a terrorist charge against him. So um, he could be sentenced to about 20 years in prison if he's convicted of the terror- terrorism count he's been charged with. So Javier Garcia said he's not a terrorist, just a man who suffers from several mental health disorders. Um. Garcia, 22, smashed a black SUV through Sears into the suburban mall on September 20th, creating panic as people ran for safety. Garcia, Garcia was arrested on the scene. So I'm so happy he did not hurt anybody because I feel like any talk of anything would be thrown right out the window. It just wouldn't be a question. And they probably, he would, never mind. So... They had interviewed her sis, his sister, and she had said that uh, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia disorder, okay? And he often had voices telling him to do things. But the problem was he lost his insurance and the drugs that seemed to work became too expensive. His doctor was forced to change his medication. This seems eerily similar. Um, her brother, he voluntarily admitted himself into the mental health clinic. So this man knew he had a problem. So he didn't just go out and, and, you know, do fill in the blank. He said, oh shit, I need to get in somewhere and see somebody. And he did that. No sooner than they released him, the next day he did this. He ran the car through the mall. Um... You know, obviously she feels like her brother doesn't belong in jail. And um, along with terrorism, he's been charged with criminal destruction of property. Um, And prosecutors believe that he planned to do that. He could have, yeah. Um, He is due back in court October 18th. So there'll be more unfolding with this soon. But because he couldn't get the medicine he needed... 
and he had a serious mental illness, this is what became of that. And I don't really know, you know, his insurance ran out. I don't know. We don't know why, why it ran out. Is it because, you know, I don't, I I can't even begin to speculate because I don't know. But again, a real problem. Same within the Joker. Arthur's um, medication, he got fired and he needed his meds. He couldn't get them. And so soon in the movie, you see that these relationships that he, one in particular, he met a young lady on an elevator and they developed a close bond. Spoiler alert. Developed a close bond and started dating, you know. Spoiler alert. After he killed three people on a train... He came home to kind of celebrate um, his victory of, I guess, standing up for himself. And he came home to the the girl's apartment and then they went on a date and, you know, whatever. Well, it turns out that none of that ever happened because he was hallucinating the whole time. So it's it's eerie how 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 skewed the mind can get. Um, and, um, you know, just talking about, you know, my mother, my biological mother, Darlene, she was a schizophrenic too. And it was really hard to talk to her sometimes. I feel like we didn't develop the relationship we could have had because it was hard. I wasn't sure what was, you know, people would be like, ask her her story, ask her, but things would be mixed in. And I wouldn't know what's real, and I wouldn't know what isn't. It's just a very hard thing, mental illness. And if we think about the things that we personally get hung up on all the time, you know, I'm not good enough, you know, the mean things we think about ourselves when we're, oh, I'm too fat, or I've gained weight, or, you know, this person this person will never date me, I'm too this, that, and the other... That's just a portion of what the mind is capable of. Can you imagine if your mind wasn't working, functioning right, how much further it can go? I got into a Facebook fight and I hate it. I hate it because Facebook is so dumb. It's so dumb and annoying and it's like, but I couldn't keep my mouth shut. But I got into a fight about um, suicide. And this person that I was arguing with seemed to think that, oh, you know what, suicide, they're just not, they're just not thinking strong enough. You know, they're just, they're just, you know, basically they're not trying hard enough to be happy. And it's like, it doesn't fucking work like that. Like you need to understand it's not that simple. And if it was, Why are you not providing your data to the scientific and medical health community since you've single-handedly figured out mental illness? Congratulations. Here is your Nobel Peace Prize. Like, it's not that simple. It's It's a, we haven't even begun to understand the human brain and the human mind. And it's, it's just, it's not that easy. Many people wish they could be they could be fine and just, hey, I'm fine. But I don't even think fine is a thing. I don't think anybody's fine. Even people who don't have mental illnesses, I don't believe that people are fine. I feel like everybody's got 
something going on. Might not be as severe as this um, Garcia or, you know, or, or other people. But, you know, it's just, it's hard. Like, we have this inner dialogue and we have to make sure that we're being mindful of what we're ingesting and who we're hanging around with and what we're consuming every day when we're on Instagram scrolling and looking at things that make us feel bad, that's not helping your inner dialogue. That certainly doesn't help mine. So I'm barely on that thing either just to check out my awesome friends and followers on Instagram. So that is my take on the Joker. I highly, again, go see this movie if you haven't and you decided to listen to some major spoilers. Go Go watch it. It is definitely worth it. I think Joaquin Phoenix was amazing. He deserves any awards that he's got going for him. Because I also couldn't imagine playing somebody like this and not letting it affect you. You know, he lost a lot of weight. And he just developed this laugh that is genuine and creepy. And you, that comes from somewhere. You know, you don't just pull that out of the air. You have to think of something to be depraved like that. So, so Yeah. We got to do better. Mental health. We got to build this. Um, We have to figure out a way we can work together to um, build this mental health system up a little bit. A lot of it, actually. So thank you for listening. Subscribe and share this with your friends. Check me out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, pocket casts. I was just added to another one and I can't remember. I'm so bad with that. I should know. But actually, if you look, I think in my Anchor FM profile, you'll see all the podcasts that I am affiliated with. Share this episode. If you have seen The Joker, let me know. Send. I'll leave a um, voice link. I figured out how to do that. So that's fun. I'll leave a voice link in the description and let me know your thoughts on the movie and um, hit me up on Instagram. Go to the awkward mom at Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, and check out the awkward mom YouTube channel. Cause I'm about to post a video there. I have this pretty awesome um, new homeschool video that I'm doing with Ren and she loves it. So if you want to see us learning some things, go ahead and subscribe to the Awkward Mom YouTube channel. Check out the McNamara Family channel. Subscribe to that on YouTube. We did a a really fun Spirit Halloween tour, and Jordan wants to do another one. He had a lot of fun, and I love it when he starts doing things um, and getting involved. So I guess that means we need to do another one. So sit down with your littles and have a good time watching our family channel. Thank you so much for listening again, and I will see you here next Tuesday. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.